I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Hey, everyone. I'm Rachel Goodman, and we're here for another I'm amazing talk about Snowpiercer. Today, we're ESPN talking about episode talk. seven, now, and we've got special guest, Ido Goldberg. You can see Ido as Bennett in Snowpiercer. He's also been on Supergirl, The Last Tycoon. He's in Westworld. Um, and he's been in movies such as The Zookeeper's Wife and the film Driven. Um, Ido, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. It's great to be here. Awesome. And um, we also got our amazing Snowpiercer enthusiast, Trina. What's up, everybody? Hello. I am excited to talk about this Buckwild episode. And I'm Crazy glad that you're here. Episodes. You know, because I have a bone to pick with you later, so we'll get into it. <laughs> I, I understand. I understand. <laughs> Me off there. I understand. I get it. But okay. yeah, episode was jam-packed. Oh my goodness, yes. And I mean, I really, I've been dying to talk about this because one of the things I just want to throw out there right now is the fact that we had the voiceover at the beginning of the episode basically asking the question of, are we all selfish? Well, I mean, the voiceover was pretty much saying, yes, we are. And we had we had the answer to the question at the end. So before we even dive in, I just want to ask that overarching question of, do you, um, Ido and Trina, what, what do you think the, how do you think they were trying to answer this question of we're selfish? I, well, it was it really was a question of, are we selfish and, and why or why not? Um, Trina, you want to go first? Or should you go first? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't mind going first. You know, um, you can go. The episode's called "The Universe Is Indifferent," right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that there is this uh, this theme that's really that's running through the whole episode, which is just kind of like this fight for status and power and identity. And I think that as soon as people get a handle on that, just a little bit, like their power just kind of like goes out of control, mm. you know? Um, and I think that there's the episode saying a lot about that. And you see like in the episodes to come that that just gets worse and worse. Absolutely. It gets busier <laughs> and busier. It gets more and more intense. As a, as How? A- <laughs> nice try. <laughs> Tell us exactly how. <laughs> so in episode. Yes, we're listening. Perfect. Everyone listening at home. Trina, how would you answer that question? I was watching Melanie so closely this Mm -hmm. episode because I, sorry, but I was loving watching her spin out because she needs to be taken down and it's coming. (laughs) And so watching her start from, you know, the usual and then just seeing it in her eyes as everything got worse and she had to start putting action where she usually only uses her mouth. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I was watching. And, you know, whether we're selfish or not, obviously everybody is. Yeah. yeah. So sure. my take on it as a writer is that they were specifically bookending it this way so that we could kind of look through what Melanie was going through to kind of go off Mm -hmm. what you were saying, Trina. I was specifically watching her too, because with Melanie, here's the thing is that she is such a fascinating character. She does all of these awful things, but then you see that maybe who she really is, is not the person who she presents 
to people who are part of this rebellion, like for example, Josie. So my my answer to that question, I almost felt like what they were trying to say is, yes, we do selfish things, but the reality is sometimes even the things that people are doing that are that can seem very selfish and terrible and narcissistic really aren't selfish because Melanie, we can see that to me, I don't think she really wanted to do those things to Josie. Is she a bad person? I think so, yes. But I also think there's a part of her that isn't a bad person. Um, and I yeah. think there's a part of her that really doesn't want to do these things and that she really at least believes what she's saying, which is the final couple of lines we get in the episode with Melanie saying, I'm not doing this to be happy. Engineers are not happy. I'm doing this for the greater good of the train. Yeah. And it's yeah. also what she tells Miles at the end, you know, that the train is just a lot more important than our needs. And I think that you've you pretty much hit the, the nail on the head there with Melanie. I think that, yeah, you know, she comes, she's always going to come across as this very stern, kind of very strong, controlling power. But you know, she has to be in the situation mm-hmm. that she's in, you know, to kind of, you know, they keep this a thread that's going through the, through the season and through the shows. It's like this thing about maintaining order. And, yeah. and this is what's worked for over seven years now. And we don't know what it's going to be like without that order, you know, and what is, you know, what is the most important thing? You know, it's possibly the, the fact that you know, we're the last humans on the planet and, mm-hmm. We need to we need to rescue them. We need to maintain those lives. Yeah, and that's a really good point. And just the fact that you know, kind of going off of that with Melanie and even with Bennett as a character too, just watching some of the things that they have to do to keep the order. Um, mm-hmm. Ito, do you want to speak to that with Bennett and um, some of what he's going through? In, yeah, in I think that I think that um, you see kind of you know you, you were saying that Melanie is you know, she does these horrible things and for example, I mean we'll talk about the scene with her and Josie because possibly, possibly scene of the season so far. You know, yes. an incredible scene directed by Helen Shaver. I mean, just an incredible, incredible scene written by Donald Jones. It's, it's amazing, um, but we'll come back to that. So as soon as you see that, and as soon as you see what she does, like she, there's this moment when she, you see her throwing up in the toilet like straight away. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, she's in her quarters. And I think that it was very interesting that she, they did that in her quarters because that's really, once she passes that, you know, the engine, the door to the engine, she is, um, you know, she's like, she turns into the human that she is, I think. Um, right. But you don't get to see that with Ben that much you know um so i will say that he does have the best interests of humanity and i think that with you know with having with with melanie having great power comes great responsibility Mm -hmm. and i think that he is just extremely loyal to melanie and there is history of why why they, they do what they do. And we find out a lot more about that in season two. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Come which on. Is, which is, yeah, I know. I went Even you, more episodes. Two. I'm sorry. Um, but, uh, so, and, and it was really fun kind of seeing that and spending time on those, on those episodes. But so you don't really see that flip side of Ben. What you see really is, you know, I'm an engineer. I'm like a, like I get, 
stuff done you know when we had the leak because of the bullet like i went down to kind of look at that i that's the kind of stuff that he does he's pretty much he tries to kind of get his hands on everything but um really he's just he's just really loyal to melanie and he's really you know he's really trying to help her in her mission yeah but and you really more and more people find out the reality of what's going on up in the engine Oh man, now I'm, I'm, we, see, here's the thing, this episode, we didn't necessarily find out a lot about Bennett, but we found out a lot um, about Ruth, and that kind of ties into mm. what we eventually see oh. with Melanie and her, that, that, that those, that oh man. Ship, that courtship scene with her and uh, Commander oh, my. Yeah, that, I that mean. Was beautiful. It was beautiful. So and She's amazing. Uh, Trina, yeah, she's amazing. She is. She's also an amazing person as well. She's really great. Yeah. See, we love it. We do. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, she, uh, you know, and it's so heartbreaking when they they go for sushi and suddenly she's surrounded by this like coup and like she doesn't like. She's, it was well, because she never she gets attention. Yeah. She never gets attention. She's never the one that anything's about. Suddenly someone is seeking her out to spend some time with her for supposedly only reasons just to be around her. And then bam. And then Melanie makes it even worse. Like she always does. And so, that's, that's, that's wow. the thing. Got a Melanie fan here. We're uh, not. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. And the other thing about Ruth as well is that, um, she is so loyal to mm-hmm. Mr. Wilford and she's so loyal to the, you know, the, the whole aspect of hospitality and mm-hmm. service and serving the guests and being, you know, utilizing that whole thing. Um, so that moment when she comes back to Melanie, you know, oh. that's the real Ruth. Like she was going to tell her everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was really, really heartbreaking to see that. And- heartbreaking to see that. Let's talk about the heartbreaking moments of the episode. Heartbreaking, <laughs> to, see heartbreaking to see that. Heartbreaking to see um, I like Bess Till realizing that she was really on the wrong side of things, you know? Um, that moment where there's like a close up of her outside the interrogation room. Yeah, and she was like, uh, Yeah. Um, what else? What else, guys? How about the moment with um, Zara going in and betraying Josie and it was heartbreaking for two reasons one because I can actually understand why Zara would have given up Josie so that she could save her baby I understand that and also it's characteristic this is the woman Mm. who left the tail end when she could yes she's going to betray someone to save her child oh my god (laughs) (laughs) so shocking there's an incredible scene coming up with her and Josie with her and Josie yeah with Zara and Josie what okay (laughs) okay we'll take it we won't wait so okay now I'm thinking here because (laughs) we didn't really see Josie die (laughs) I assume she did wait can I ask you a question about your almost interaction with Josie not yours obviously Bennett we're we're talking about (laughs) the same person in my head so when Y'all were in the scene where Miles was in the bed and Bennett obviously knew that there was some tomfoolery happening with that nurse. Why didn't Bennett go after the person when he knew that something bad was probably happening? 
or bad well, to him? I think, well, I think that he only had a hunch that was that was going on. Um, so it is. He kind of he kind of figured that something was going on, and he kind of what he wanted to go in and and have a look. But when he got into the room, nothing was going on, and someone had just left. So whatever he thought was happening wasn't happening anymore. Um, it but he to, followed to the door, so he was very suspicious. I know, but his his priority was keeping was miles. <sighs> Here, here's the other thing is that I also feel like Bennett as a character is more humane than Melanie. There's no True. pretenses. Bennett just is who he is. Um, can you say anything about that, Ido? About you know what we can if we're on the right track here with assuming that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, so ask me that one more time. Okay, okay. The question is, are am I correct in the way that I'm perceiving Bennett, which is that he's a lot more humane than Melanie. <laughs> well, um, I know that's really hard to believe. Um, oh, but no. There really, there really is. There really okay. is um, like a hierarchy of priorities and what's important. Uh, and the most important thing is keeping the train moving, right? And mm-hmm. then like the, once the train stops, it can't go anywhere, you know? So yeah, so that's that's our main priority to keep that train moving. Um, so there's many things that they're gonna have to do that don't ring true to the way we live our lives right, right. as like a normal society. But really, like I have to stress that they, um, they have their best interests at heart. Yeah. Promise you. Cool. Okay. I mean, that, that does make sense. And also, you know, like you're saying too, it's, we can see even when Melanie is not in that situation and she's in her own private quarters or when, when we see her with Bennett, she, there's a more human side to her. Like she feels like someone that, you know, you could have gone to school with or just someone mm-hmm. you could have worked with or just, you know, a regular, like very intelligent human being. Um, but she has to kind of put on this mask and go out and be a certain person to ensure order. So let's talk a little bit more about that scene that we've been kind of, you know, discussing a little bit mm-hmm. with um, Josie and the hand. What a day mood ruiner of the day that was. She lost a whole hand. Yeah. And the way that she lost a lot more, didn't she? And then more after that. But yeah. Yeah. Um, we didn't have to see that part. I know. It was very uh brutal, very brutal. But um I just loved like the back and forth in that scene and I actually I, I texted Katie today to say like you know you were so good in that scene and uh-huh. she's so she's so what I love about Josie in that scene is she's so brave. Yeah. You know, she's so brave. Like she knows exactly what's going to happen. She knows. She knows she's not getting out of there, and she still like challenges Melanie and tells her exactly what she thinks of her. Um, wouldn't it be nice to be that brave? Yeah, yeah. especially <laughs> too when you know that it might not get you anywhere. So mm-hmm. you know, in that situation, which is what I think all of the brave people on mm-hmm. the train now is that it might not get them anywhere but it, they'll you know that's how they'll be remembered yeah uh, 
Yeah. Definitely. And that's, that's the whole thing. And that does ring true, just to mention the movie for a second, that rings true to the way they portrayed people in the movie Snowpiercer as well, with which was that the bravest acts might not, you might, no one might, people might not remember you as being a hero for them. But they, and you they, might they move into the fabric of, of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And that's the tragedy and that's the, you know, what makes this so enjoyable is that it is very realistic in that sense. Um, that p- there are heroes that do p- things every day and they won't necessarily be seen for it. Mm-hmm. That, as the title of the episode suggests, the universe is indifferent. So, yeah. ah. <laughs> so <laughs> that together for me, Rachel. <laughs> very nice. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like we should definitely talk a little bit more about the actual rebellion with Leighton and um, what they're kind of doing in the background in the third class. Mm-hmm. Um, Trina, uh, yeah. especially with Miss Audrey, um, what were some yeah. of your thoughts as we were watching um, this planning unfold? And Terrence, too. Terrence is involved. Yeah. So last week we had Lena Hall on the show and Mm -hmm. it made me think it made me watch it so much more closely just to pay so much more attention to Miss Audrey and see, you know, what she's up to and how she was going to handle the Leighton of it all. If I was her, I would probably, you know, Leighton's very on the edge and I actually don't trust him at all. So I was, I was worried for her taking him in and what's going to happen to her if he somehow gets found because the nightclub, the night, night car, the night car, night car. <laughs> which is the it, night it is a nightclub. It, it, it's definitely many things. Exactly. It's <laughs> spoken about as if it's so safe, like that he couldn't be found, but I just don't, it, it made me so nervous. Yeah, um, I think that I think I think that Miss Audrey. I think it was a really smart move to go to the night car because Miss Audrey kind of controls that whole area. Got it's it. Got Clay and lots of other people who work for her. Um, I just love that moment where his hand comes out of the the trolley. Is that, He's like, you pull me trolley? out. You know, yeah, the way it just kind of comes <laughs> out. Um, but I know. I think I think that's a great place to to kind of start all of that because she's just connected to so many parts of the train yeah yeah she really is and and no one touches her huh yeah well no she's i mean she's there's something special going on there in the night car you know magic it's like a vibe yeah Yeah. and that's one of the things is that with terrence um well we're gonna get to through that scene at the end with davi diggs and the magic hallway uh with the mirrors i Mm. that um I feel like maybe this is a, probably a good time to talk about this now then um, with mm-hmm. him going back there and one, the performance that we saw with, you know, finding out that Josie is dead and um, just watching Leighton's reaction to it. Oh, it was so and, painful. So painful. Uh, yeah. And shot so beautifully as well. It was done so well in that no kind sound. of, it was just kind of this moment where he is, you know, so he's probably thinking that this was all his fault. Yeah. You know? And he was just in a room full of mirrors that all he could see was himself, you know? Like uh. He couldn't, couldn't escape himself at that moment. Mm-hmm. And things keep happening to him poetic. one by one. Yeah, you know, I, and I think, um, yeah, it was heartbreaking with, like, with Lena's, uh, Lena's voice over it. It was a great uh. way to end it. Great way yeah. to end it. Oh, that was, it was so perfect. Because we, I mean, we know 
Josie, from what we can see, she has she has um, died at this point. So that we know, as far as we know, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming. <laughs> let's um, just assume she turned assume. into frozen ice. Yeah, let's just assume. So she's <laughs> she's gone. Um, <laughs> she, I, but something tells me maybe not. Um, but assuming that she is gone, Leighton has now lost her, and mm-hmm. he is presumably lost Miles. Um, because why, we know why, why do you think she's gone? She's gone. We just don't know, okay? Yeah, we, we don't, don't know. know basically anything. Uh, <laughs> but um, because you know, we could take what you said to mean that there's a flashback coming up too. Well, so. also, Josie doesn't need to be alive for Zara and her to have a scene together, right? Oh, right. because of that room. Same, to be in the same scene. Right. That does make okay. sense. Yes. That layers. Make sense. Added layers to this. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, uh, not. it's kind of like in that scene, going back to like the second episode, where Zara and Leighton were in the one room where you were able to see the past and yeah. it kind of made you, mm-hmm. yeah. So it could, yeah, maybe, maybe that's what we're uh, <laughs> going to see. <laughs> Just more um, to worry about. More to worry about. More than like, I can yeah. Yeah. No, please. No, we get it. Yeah. So um, let's, with our the last moments that we have to discuss the episode, let's talk about Terrence. Uh, I'm very, speaking about being worried. He's so good. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. So good. He is. And I don't know whether we can trust him or not because he literally told Leighton, oh, yeah, P.S., Melanie told me that, you know, she was looking for you. And I told her if I found you, I'd rat you out. But he's so honest about it. Yeah, I feel like he's ultimately that character who's super indifferent as well. You know, like mm-hmm. he he's he's completely, completely looks like after number one. And he, yeah. was that, it was that same mood in the scene with him and Melanie. Be like his character seems so much. He's not going to be like, you know, he's not going to be like too easily intimidated. And I think like he'll mm-hmm. keep playing people off each other. Um, and this is obviously a question for Sean, not me, but uh, yeah, I think his his motivation is probably just like looking after himself, you know? Yeah, he's yeah. going to do whatever is going to be fine for him. Otherwise, he's not going to do it. Yeah, I mean, just but, the yeah. way he says, listen, you know, this is like a mathematics thing for me. Uh, you just don't have the numbers. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm out, you know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and he, I mean, I got the impression that he wasn't going to go rat them out, but he wasn't mm-hmm. going to help either. Mm-hmm. I'm almost wondering, I mean, in you know, certain, it, for me, I feel like this show is so realistic that I don't, not to get too prediction-y, but I feel like Terrence is probably never going to join them and that his own selfish gain will probably keep him exactly where he is, which is kind of in this neutral place of, mm-hmm. you know, surviving, but not necessarily, not being a hero and not being the enemy either. So uh, that just yeah. kind of strikes me as that person who's just kind of, gonna like yeah. skate through yeah that'll be the smart thing yeah, yeah but you know what's interesting is i kind of i i i kind of find that character unpredictable you know someone mm. who's so willing to just look after himself i think that's a yeah. really interesting interesting kind of uh element to his character i kind of find him unpredictable and you know sean plays him so amazingly um, yeah so amazing like kind of like yeah just like bad you know yeah you know, we know that he's seeing bad things yeah he's grimy he's no good yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i mean he's part of the drug trade so we know 
like that he is the one that's kind of bringing the drugs in and out. So yeah. he does, there is, you know, he is being, um, you know, proactive about certain things, but it, I mean, obviously this is not, this is a bad world. There's not going to be, there's going to be drugs. <laughs> there's no, I mean. Yeah, he's being proactive about looking off to himself, basically. Yeah, ex- you know? yeah. there we go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so um, <laughs> let's just, <laughs> This brings us back. Uh, I feel like there were so many moving parts in this. This uh-huh. kind of brings us back um, to that final scene again, where we see Miles and he's about to enter the engineering room. Yeah. Um, so I almost felt like this was the Willy Wonka moment in a dark yeah. Willy Wonka world <laughs> where the little boy suddenly becomes the future chief. Yeah. <laughs> um. I really, I really, um, I really liked that scene. It was a good scene. And I really liked how um, Melanie's eyes are so dark. Like the makeup and like the day that she had. Yeah. You almost can't see her eyes when she's talking to him. Um, Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's an apprenticeship. And, you know, maybe it's just, you know, taking what's really close to Leighton, you know? Um, you know? Yeah. And it makes that really interesting. And I think that after, I mean, Leighton's got serious bones to pick with people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like he has got, there's a lot of things he needs. He needs to settle a lot of scores. And yeah. um, next episode is Bloody. Oh man! <laughs> like actual blood, actual blood, actual blood, or all uh, forms of yeah, just actual blood. Like <laughs> okay, yeah, good yeah. to know. It's, it, little, it's it's intense, wild. Um, I'm not just saying it. Like it's we it's, trust you. Wow. We, trust we, you. we do. Yeah, I just I want to say one more thing, and um, I just want to mention. To me, what was so interesting about these scenes with Miles um, is I really did enjoy that we got to see Bennett trying to bring him to Melanie. And as you know, like it was this this like kind of tug of war between Bennett trying to get him one place. And then, of course, we had the scene, which in retrospect is more tragic with Josie um, giving Miles the orange that he'll get sick so that Bennett and um, Miss Gillies will have to take him to medical. Um, and it was very, like, it was very, that dynamic of Miss Gillies and Bennett on the one side of the door and then kind of being like, you know, trapped, blocked out. And then Josie on the other telling Miles the revolution is not over. It's strong. I loved that scene in particular. Yeah. Uh, and this is even before we got to the interrogation room. Yeah, it was really, it was really cool. It was really, um, it was really spy film. That, that scene mm-hmm. was really yeah. cool. And, uh, um Fiona uh, Fiona Broom who plays Miss Gillis is so funny. So she was she was, you know, <laughs> she was really, really good. And um and yeah, uh and like she was you know, she was continuously talking to Bennett, like keeping his attention on the other side. Um and I just love I yeah, I love how Katie was um, you know, kind of keeping very kind of harsh and doing everything very kind of low key. Um, yeah, it was a really, really good scene. Really good scene. Dr. Pelton was great. 
Uh, yeah, it was really, it was a great scene. Yeah, it was, Agreed. you know, yeah, yeah, very, very powerful. And um, just <laughs> said it all, Rachel. I don't know what I was going to add, but it was very frustrating um, to be on the other side of uh, the other side of the glass, you know, because. Um, I think my instincts were telling me like to go in, but like he couldn't go in. He tried to keep the door open and she was like, you know, I'll close yeah. it and you can have this. Um, so yeah, ask- it was difficult for Ben, I think, yeah. Hmm. Can I ask a set question? Do they actually have you, like when they're filming this, is it one like actual room where they have that glass or is it more like they, they have the illusion of it being this room but the reality is they're filming it and it's like an open concept sort of design. No, there is incredible, <laughs> incredible amount of carriages in the studio, in uh, Martini Studios in Vancouver. And we were joking about the cast movement. There's so many trains, there's so many train carriages. <laughs> we were, we were still, the cast was still getting lost walking around in like towards the end of the second season to find the right wow. cast. Yeah. Um, so yeah, every car is really um, individually like kind of like packed out with detail, and um, yeah, it's pretty amazing. And it's pretty amazing, wow. really fun to kind of you know when you're not shooting. We did it kind of more obviously to begin with, but just kind of like walk around into a set. Like I don't know, I don't know how many cars are in a studio, but there's like four, five or six main studios and every studio will have about maybe 10 cars in it. Um, wow. so you can kind of walk around, or if, if, even if the studio is completely deserted, you can go in and just walk around these cars. Very cool. That's amazing. Yeah, that Thank you for sharing that. Cool. So, yeah. So I think this about wraps, that, wraps up the conversation about the episode. Cool. We actually have a special segment where we're going to ask you a couple of questions. Okay. Awesome. So um, I just have a few here. My first question is, um, so what was your favorite moment on the set of Snowpiercer so far? Um, I think it comes in... I think it comes in episode eight. Um, so Ooh. I don't look at it, um, but it was, um, no, it was a real kind of opportunity for kind of, um, for kind of Bennett to kind of get into action and, and take control mm. of something. Um, I have to say that um, in episode six, we also had like, you know, that, that malfunction with the bogey mm-hmm. mode had to be replaced um that was a lot of fun as well working with Alex and and Jennifer and, and Helen Shaver um that was a really fun part you know and that motor was really heavy oh <laughs> <laughs> it looked everyone uh, Brett Chang um should get a huge shout for that fight scene with with Jennifer and um Katie McGuinness Brett Chang and all of his crew the stunt guys are just incredible. And um, yeah, so we had to, it was like, it was, we had to be, it was very, like we had to, safety was like a real kind of issue. You know, we had to kind of like really be very careful what we're doing there. Um, so that was really fun. Um, but 
Yeah, I think episode eight for, for Bennett was fun now. Well, we'll episode be watching. seems to be where we need to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that, that sounds it. like the like one. Eight, eight, nine, and ten are just going to fly. Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> Good to know. Got it. Um, and then my next question is, I read the Grapevine article from May where you actually had mentioned um, that you went and auditioned twice for Snowpiercer. And when you went back the second time, um, you know, the first time didn't go the way you wanted. And the, what I'm, my question is, as an actor, how do you bounce back from a situation like that and go in and not let the first time get to you when you go back in? Um, you know, you obviously want to be as prepared as you can when you're going into a meeting. Sometimes like, you can't be, you know, sometimes there's factors in life that kind of mess with that. Um, and I'm not just blaming that. I was probably just, <laughs> today, you know? um, but, but, um, but I guess like Whitney Horton and her crew kind of thought that it was, you know, maybe that there was something there and, and, uh, you know, I apologize for being bad, uh, but she was, <laughs> she was kind enough. She was kind enough to call me back and I'm really, really glad she did. Um, because, uh, yeah, because this was a really fun ride, you know? Yeah, oh, I'm so happy, you know, that, you know, that, yeah. I mean, it is amazing seeing you as Bennett and I could not picture anyone else in the role. So um, yes. going off of that too, the same article mentioned that you were a filmmaker, a photographer, um, and just, you know, have all these other interests. So my, my other question is, how do you balance your love of acting, photography, and filmmaking? Um, it's... It's actually difficult, you know, I'm like a very amateur filmmaker, you know, I have to say that um, I, I, you know, I'm like a very, like I'm, I'm very kind of base level, like I'm really starting to kind of try and kind of put some stuff together. So I don't know if I can call myself a filmmaker just yet, but you know, like photography has been a love of mine for, for many years and over the last kind of five years, I think I've got more and more into it. Um, the great thing about photography is you, um, unless you're only shooting portraits, you don't need anyone else to, mm. you know, hang with. You just grab your camera um, and your tripod if you want to use a tripod that day. And you can, you know, like walk around, drive around. And, you know, it's, uh, it's like I find it like a very kind of calming and, like space clearing in my head process and I just love it. So it's, I can wake up one day, I wake up pretty early, I can get in the car, drive around, park up, walk around and take pictures that kind of interest me and make pictures that interest me. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah and you know, it's really great. It's really, it's a really, it's a really great thing to have that. And what, um, you, I mean, I know that you said that you don't quite, like you feel like you're more of an amateur filmmaker, but in the next coming years, if you were to focus more on the filmmaking, what types of films would you, do you see yourself um, creating? Well, you know, I've, I've kind of you know, messed around with like fiction and that kind of stuff, but I think the more you kind of spend time in, in the area, I think like for me, uh, I want to just probably talk about things that we're dealing with in society that maybe kind of need uh, to resonate a little bit more, to be, to be heard a little bit more. Um, so, 
I think there is that the, you know they say that you know make movies about what you know, and I think after trying to make a few films, I think it's definitely true. Um, <laughs> so, so I think that that's probably the kind of that's probably the kind of stuff that I'd like to do. Um, but um, I have just made a short um, that I'm really proud of. I'm kind of like just finishing it up, and um, yeah, it's. Uh, it's it's a really it's a it's a really I think like you watch films all the time. It's so hard to direct movies. Mm, it's really, yeah. really hard. Really, really difficult. <laughs> 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 um, but you know, I think that you whatever it is you do, it doesn't really matter. You know what people are going to think about it. What really matters is if you can go somewhere and spend your whole day working, and you don't look at your clock till right at the end of the day. Mm then you know you're doing something fun and you should probably keep doing it. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. that's that's amazing. And quote. Exactly. Direct quote. Exactly. Exactly. Hanging on my wall. So good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And my, my final question is more of a fun one. Um, what are you currently watching right now? Or is there something you've watched recently that you'd recommend? Okay, so... I love, I love Matthew Reese. So we just started watching the oh. uh, Perry Mason. Yes, I love uh, it. <laughs> me it? too. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. It just oh, that show's so good. so good, doesn't it? <laughs> it is so good. And yeah, Matthew Reese is great. So I've been watching mm. that. I just finished watching I Know This Much Is True. The, none know, of these are it. fun, really. You said this was a fun <laughs> question. <laughs> the Perry uh, Perry Mason is so good um so I've not only seen watched the one. first episode we're gonna watch the second episode tonight and I've just started watching I'm two episodes into too old to die young which is again not very fun I haven't seen it either just yeah beautiful and like elongated and just mm. like, every episode's like an hour and a half so I'm presuming they're director cuts wow. but um yeah, really, really good. What are you guys watching? Perry Mason. <laughs> <laughs> I, I literally, it, I literally just watched the first two episodes last night, which they're uh-huh. they're the first two that are out. So it was funny to hear you bring that up as the first show. <laughs> but yeah, only two, only two that are out now. There are yeah. two. Yeah, yeah. That, that was what I just watched, and um, yeah, Snowpiercer, and then Barkskins, another one, the National Geographic show, which is really what is that? Yeah, I haven't seen It's that. yeah, it's like early America. Well, it's pre French and Indian War history, so pre America um, when they were still a colony, and it's right. men going into New France and establishing mm. a colony there. Wow. <laughs> Too heavy for me. Watch, there's another show that I think is heavy. I want to watch Pose. Um, oh, so good. So, yeah. so yeah. unbelievably well, I, good. Usually, like, I, when me and my wife, like, before we go to sleep, like, we do the laptop thing. You know, she's yeah. got, like, she'll watch something if we're not hanging out or watching something together. So she'll watch something. And I'm always the guy who watches with headphones. Mm, you know? Yeah, yeah. I gave into that too quickly. Now it's always- <laughs> <laughs> um, and then um, and she every time she was watching Pose, like every episode, like she, she sleeps on this side, and she'll always be like, <laughs> <laughs> "True though, so true." Yeah. Yes. Oh. <laughs> I really, really, I really want to see that. I really want to see that. 
Yes. Do it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And, um, Ido, thank you before we end. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Of course. Um, Trina, do you want to give your predictions really fast about what you think is going to happen? I think (laughs) that I really, (laughs) I really want to hope that Miles is going to remain good the entire time. He's going to stay in there and he's not going to rule and take over the world and be a jerk. That's my one thing. I want Bennett to be a bad guy, but in the way that he takes down Melanie. And I want Melanie to, of course, be taken down. And that's really, uh, those are my predictions that will happen in episode eight with all the I I don't think Melanie is going to be taken down. I think that she's too interesting of a bad guy for them to kill her off. Um, I think that they might stifle her for a while, but I have a feeling she's part of season two. I'm just put her in a drawer. (laughs) (laughs) I have a feeling and I feel like um, it's going to be tricky with Miles because we don't, I mean, presumably he's going to be on the side of Leighton and Josie, but you never know. <laughs> Come on, Miles. You never yeah. know. It could be a matter of he finally, Miles finally sees the other perspective because he it's, talks to. You're wrong about the Josie thing. I'm sorry. Um, but, <laughs> um, but, um, but it is, uh, yeah, there's, uh, there's a good development up there in, in the engine. And yeah. It's, and it's the, like the last three episodes just go. Oh man. Well, I am so excited. Ido, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you you so much. Yes, of course. And where can everyone find you, Ido? Um, At home? No. (laughs) I was going to say, don't give your address right now. (laughs) Instagram is at Ido Photo and um, Ido, Ido G on Twitter. Yes. And Trina, where can everyone find you? Y'all can find me at Hey Trina Dong on Twitter and Instagram. Oh, awesome. you said it was so much gusto. <laughs> I say it, we're rehearsed. We say it every show. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys can find me on at Rach Goodman on Twitter or on my author Instagram account at Rachel Radner Author. Until next week, have a wonderful week, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.